flexibility. And I bet you some of you had that happen this morning at coming to church. Hurry up, hurry up, we're going to be late. Now on Sunday mornings, only when you're going to work. I understand, because most of the church shows up at 11. So, oh, oh, yeah. Anyway, but anyway, we're talking about part two of our series is flexibility. I had this video because I really wanted to make it light on this one because it's funny how everything uh, changes. When you first come together as a couple married and everything is fresh and new and you just love your spouse because they're so different. And then after about five years, six years, from, you go from different to difficult. <laughs> what happened? What happened to that? And then we start talking at each other but not talking with one another. And the difference has become a, a, a rub in our, and his difference becomes a rub. But in the beginning, it was all fresh. Honey, I'll do anything for you. And then two years later, hey, will you hurry up? And every man says, oh, man, Pastor Rich, you're cutting me deep. <laughs> and God, you know, makes different on purpose. Here's a story. This, this happened this week. I, wasn't even, I told the guys, don't tell anybody. Here I am preaching it today. I went away this week to a meeting, and uh, my wife gives me a checklist. My wife's a logistics planner, so at work she works off a checklist. At home when we go out and we're going away, she has a checklist. She gives me that checklist. And as a man, I don't like checklists because I can remember everything. So, and I said, I thought I got delivered from this. But she said, do you have this? I got it. Do you have that? Yes, I got it. Like, I have everything. I know what I'm doing. Well, I got to the hotel, and I forgot my belt. <laughs> One of the most important. Remember I talked about the belt on Wednesday night? Well, my pants, I was, I was sagging <laughs> this, this weekend. I was going like this. I forgot my belt, and I forgot um, a T-shirt to change out of, and all because her strength, which is my weakness, I didn't want to hear it. Now, a couple years ago, sure, honey, I got everything you need, but after 24 years, I got it, I got it, and you know, I have to learn, you all have to learn that every day, I got it. Now, you have two options, you can keep it a secret in here, or you can go back and tell in children's church that her husband forgot a belt. <laughs> and I will find out who did it. <laughs> and I will say thank you because now I'm convicted because I got to tell her after I'm done. <laughs> Amen. But that's what it is. And you know, when we look at relationships and, and family, and what family says, I love, everyone remembers the movie with uh, Tom Cruise who says, you complete me. That don't, that's not biblical. You can, no one completes anybody. No one's half this way and half that way we come together and complete one another. The biblical term is we complement one another. We're born, birthed by God, we're created by God as equal but different functions. And we com our functions complement each other. And that's next week's, part of next week's sermon. But it's not about you complete me. Then I looked up the word compatible. 
And I, how they do the accountability um, thing there? And everything went to the horoscope. I'm like, wow, is how they check us out on these horoscopes? How we're compatible? A Leo and a... Oh, man. Not one of the people meeting people on the internet is not working out. Because they're going by the horoscope versus what going by what God says. So it's amazing. Flexibility, what I wanted to do is share with you about flexibility this morning is because in any relationship, we've got to learn to be flexible. You know, as you're married, you've got to have grace. Remember the word grace? I mean, I had this problem. I have a lot more grace in the church than I did in my relationship at home. More, I was more law with my son than I was grace. And flexibility in our lives, that's the grace that God puts in our lives for one another. And in the church, we need to have grace for one another, right? I mean, how do two people from two different worlds walk together in love? I'm from New York City. I, I was raised with everybody. Jack, St. Joe, Texas. Ain't never seen a brother till he met me. <laughs> he says, is that what brother's about? No, he didn't say that. But how's that happen? Through God, flexibility. How I process life, stiffen how he processes life. How each, our mates and each other, uh, my wife processes things a whole different way than I process things. I'm like this, let's have a pancake breakfast. And she says, how many pancakes do you want? How many sausages do you need? I just, I just want to have breakfast. I don't care how much we got to eat. Well, how much money do you know to spend on the breakfast? Oh, so okay, you take care of that. And I'll party. And I'm okay with that. Because that's how she thinks. Now, if I don't know Jesus, I think that's difficulty. But really... It's just a difference, but it's a strength that I don't really have, unless when I need to have it. Let me put it this way. I can exercise it, but I choose not to because she's stronger at it than I am. Make sense? And then all your different relationships. You know, God always brings someone complete opposite to you, especially when you're walking into church. You're saying, I'm not, compa- I'm not, they just rub me the wrong way. You know, that's a good rub because you probably rub them the wrong way too. <laughs> so I want to talk about Flexibility in the house of God, in your house, and in the house of God. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31, and Ephesians chapter 6. It's going to go over to 6, 1 through 4. Everyone have your Bibles. I'm going to talk about everybody, husbands, wives, kids. You need to have your Bible because I'm going to teach you something this morning because I'm going to teach you how to get along with your parents, and parents, I'm going to teach you how to get along with your kids because it says here in the Bible, like my dad used to say, Boy, if you don't, if you don't uh, behave, you're not going to live long. I always wonder why he said that. It was biblical. I'll show you. Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 31. And it takes me a while to get, okay, here we go. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ in the church. However, let each of one each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Now those are adults. Okay? Let's get to the children now. Children, obey. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Obey. Obey. 
as Bill Cosby said, obey, obey. Your parents, <laughs> in the Lord, for it's, this is right. Man, I got some preaching going on. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise. Here we go. I never knew what my mom and dad were saying. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land, which is a promise already from Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Fathers. Uh-oh. Y'all ready, dads? This is for you, too. Do not provoke your children to anger. And sons. Don't talk back when pastor's preaching. <laughs> but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now, and we just thank you for this moment in time. And Lord, I ask that you just anoint this message, God, and how we speak, uh, how you will speak to us, God, about family, about biblical family, about flexibility. And we just give you praise in, in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now. We see here that Paul is talking about what a, mar a household looks like in the kingdom of God. And it's amazing because it starts from the adults and it goes all the way down to the children. Now, adults, I'm going to put something heavy on you. I told you last week, don't get too angry at your children because you're looking at little yous. Because they only pick up what they see. Amen? But he says this, and he talks about this is what I call the first mention in the Bible in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, when God talked about the original order, I call it the factory order of relationships with man and women. He talked all the way from the very beginning that he shall leave his father and mother and cling to his wife. Leave and cleave, one of my pastors used to say. And then Jesus talks about in Matthew, because, I mean, as, uh, as uh, men, we like our mamas. And he said, that's why he says, leave and start anew. And then you become one. And let me tell you, can I give you a little encouragement? It takes a long time to become one. Don't think you're going to get it done in two years. Okay? Two separate lives coming together. And everyone gets ready for the wedding day and the honeymoon. And then the next day. Because everyone was on their best behavior before then until we're married. And you hear this first couple lines, I didn't know you did that. Well, right, of course not. You went home every night. And I was on my best behavior. Then you wake up, who did I marry? The one God, if you did it biblically, the one God told you, who's completely different, which is exciting. If you like the same thing, that would be a boring existence, wouldn't it? It would be. There's no fun in that. Amen? Now, he talks about this as a mystery, and how God set marriage up is this. Our Christian home, the mystery is this. Our Christian homes are to be the picture of Christ's relationship to his church. When people see us as believers, because you don't remember, this message is to born-again believers. This is not people from outside the church. When people see our relationship, they will see a mirror of how Christ loves his church with grace and truth. And how the relationship is two-way and how it's thriving. As you get older, it gets better. Don't give up too soon. Talking to somebody here. 
People quit before the great days start. And I call those days empty nest days. That means we put the kids, no, I mean, anyway. <laughs> I wrote this down, if you're taking notes. Homes that honor God transcends into churches that honor God. So goes a nation, because so goes his, his family. But powerful families build a powerful church. Unhealthy families build an unhealthy church, because everything God does is relational. And it all happens in your home. What we see here, a manifestation of you here in this hour and a half or you in a life group is what happens in your home in a bigger way or what happened to you growing up. It's always connected to family. And what we're trying to do in this series is take what is being said about family. And I believe the modern family today is the ones who live for God, sold out for God. Their children are sold out for God and are not going to compromise now, we're flexible with one another, but we're inflexible with the word of God and our values. And I believe that's what God wants us to, because look, let me look at you, church. If you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for everything. And when I talked about Joshua 24, 15, he made a stand. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And there will be no compromise. Now, be flexibility in our relationship but it won't be not flexibility in our values. And it gets into the children. Obey. Children, say obey. There's more kids in here. Say obey. If you don't, I'll tell your parents. You know, obedience is a command, and it brings blessing. But he didn't just stop at obedience. He talked about honor. Honor is for a lifetime. And what I've recognized today, which I've never heard this years ago, is how us young folks are dishonoring our grandmothers and our mothers. I've never seen it so rampant when I don't want to deal with her. I don't need to deal with her. My kids don't need to deal with What? Honor is a lifetime. You honor, I don't care if they're smart enough, if you don't think they're smart enough, you honor them anyway. Because they're not, they don't know everything, they know Jesus who knows everything, but they don't show this honor to your parents. And I don't care how old you are. I'm 54, if my parents was alive today, if they say show up now, and I'll say yes ma'am, Yes, sir. Because to their eyes, I'm still always a child. I've never seen this honor among society today for our mothers and grandmothers who raised us. And then we push them to the side. And I don't respect, I've never heard, I don't respect them. When do you earn respect? When did you learn about respect? And what happens is if you do that and you have children, you teach your children to hate your, your, your parents. See, whatever we do, we teach them that it's okay. It's okay to dish your grandmother. It's okay to curse out your mother. It's okay to talk about them any way you want to talk about them. And then we grow up, and they start doing it to us. Come on, somebody. 
And then you're wondering, what happened? Yeah, what happened? They heard you. Remember I told you last week, I can go to children's church and find out everything about you. Because <laughs> they like to talk. My dad and my mom. Because they love you. And they look up, you know, you're the greatest heroes. You might not see it that way. And none of us are perfect parents. But you want to have the same, you want them to have the same grace for you that you have for other people. So I'm going to talk about a tough word here, submission. When I look at the scripture, I'm going to break out a few words here. Because guys, if we don't know to submit to those who are over us, our family, I don't care how twisted they are, God says about submitting to one another. If we don't know how to do that, we miss what Jesus is trying to teach us. We can know the Bible, but if no one can read the Bible in our lives, Paul says we're a living epistle. If they don't see that in us, they'll think that's okay. So honor is a lifetime command. You can tell I'm passionate about it because I'm here to tell you, if your parents are alive, your grandparents are alive, take the opportunity to reconnect. Because those like me who don't have them, Missed those years. Had to learn quick at 16 to grow up and be an adult. That's no fun. I wanted to hang out. But they were teaching me because they weren't going to be there. If you have them and your children have them in their lives, what a jewel. And if you come to my office of counseling about that, you're gonna know, you already know my answer. Submit. Three words that I got out of this. What's the shape Scheduling and shepherd. Out of this scripture, the shape. You know, today our families are shaped different ways. Some of us have blended families. Some of us are single parent families. Some of them have our mothers, I mean, our husband and wives are together. Some of us are divorced. They're shaped different ways. What I'm talking about in our houses, the spiritual shape of your house. Two things that I should see that we see out of scripture. As we love, our, we love our wives and we love and we get along together as Christ is the church. Two things I see there. Submission and sacrifice. The shape. Submission and sacrifice. Submission means to give preference to one another. Even though you might be right with your spouse or with your children, you have to work, have that flexibility to work those things out. And I'm not saying that you, the kids run now today, you see in society, parents submit to your children. That's what, if you look at the Disney Channel, that's what it looks like. But it's different. If you're submitting to Jesus and then you're submitting to one another, your children will submit to you. Preferring one another. Give me that scripture there, Romans 12 10. Thank you, sir. Love one another with a brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. A house that's outdoing one another. How we outdo each other in loving each other. How we outdo each other in the house of God. How we give honor to those who deserve the honor. How we elevate people. Really, because 
Everyone talks about leadership. Really, leadership, the way Jesus taught about it, is making others bigger, not yourself. It's not about me having authority and warring it over you. It might have authority to build you up, not to tear you down. Same thing in a household. You have authority to build each other up. A house that's really encouraging one another, preferring one another. You know, preferring one another. You have something, I have something. Okay, let's come together on this. That is really, today, that is foreign. Because I have my rights and you have your rights. When you're submitting, you give up your rights. When Jesus submitted his life to us, he gave up his right to be right. So we, as, as husbands and wives and children, we give up our rights to be right. Because the whole idea is to have harmony with one another. Because we all have harmony with God. It's different. Most of the time that people come and they're fighting because we're selfish in nature. We all are. We're selfish. We want our way. And submitting is completely different. It's not my way. It's the best way that is right. Second one is sacrifice. Like Jesus gave his life for the church. Love doesn't seek its own. 1 Corinthians 13, 5. It doesn't seek its own. It seeks the good of others. I have a great time on Fridays when I'm off loving my wife. Now I do that. I clean the whole house. I love that because I know she's working for sometimes 60 hours a week and she comes home. If I don't, we won't have no time together on the weekend if I leave the house a mess. So the way I can show practically, I can, I can take care of the house. In the same way she works all day and comes home and cooks. And we don't have a maid. We clean up the house and she cooks for me and all the time when I don't deserve it. I mean, and I, look, you say, Pastor Rich, you all know how to dress well. <laughs> I'm colorblind. If she's not laying out the clothes, I don't know what color I'm supposed to. I hope the socks are right because I didn't ask her this morning. <laughs> she prefers, which we thought was foreign when we go out to eat or we go to people's houses to eat. The old-fashioned way, guys, the wives used to make the husbands a plate. And we've always had a teachable moment when we do that. People say, what are you doing? She says, I'm going to feed my mom. We all grew up that we feed our husbands, give them a plate first, showing honor. And I reciprocate showing honor. Why? Because it's not about having my own way. I'm sure glad Jesus didn't want to have his own way. Lord, take this cup from me. I'm about to die for folks who are going to say, he should have died. And I'm talking about when you're young, you need to learn that before you get married. It's not about you. It's not all about you at all. It's about other people. Whoever God leads is about them. In the church, you know when you start to feel better? When you help somebody, isn't it? <laughs> That's the way God hardwired us. We're not wired to get. We're wired to give. Total submission. Jesus tried to teach that to the disciples when he said, I'm going to die. You know what their question was? Who's going to take over? <sighs> Guys, he said, it's not about taking my authority and, and lording it over you. It's about taking my authority and serving you. So authority, submission, actually is the mechanical 
that makes authority work. And we all have to learn that because I'm talking to the CEOs in our companies and no one wants to submit to the boss anymore. Everyone thinks they know more, they can do better. No one wants to be teachable anymore. And they call it, I'm just checking on you, make sure you know what you're doing. No, you don't think I know what I'm doing. I know, I know teenagers. Right now, some of you young people, my parents don't know what they're doing. Okay, let's have a, let's do this. Let's have role changes. You pay the bills, and I'm going to school. Amen. Oh, you need, to get this, you need to get to work. I can't drive. Well, you, you know, old days you walk. But pay those bills, they come and do. How come all the people aren't more passionate? Because they got to pay bills. They got to pay for you. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. That's why I like empty nesters. We disciple you out of the house. Now, if my son hears this, he's going to get offended. Son, I love you. Think about it. Love, working, submission, and sacrifice. How about in the church of Jesus Christ? We had a whole church full of that. Not worried about what, the, what they're playing, not worried about what they're doing, but really want to serve, really want to help people, really want to bless people. It's not about me. It's not about my preference. I just want this kingdom to go out the door. See, unless you learn that at home, it's hard for you to learn it here because what we used to do, we used to back up what was being taught at the house. Now it's not being taught, so now we become the first level teachers and you get offended. You're always all over me. Now we're trying to teach you something because you'll always be under somebody. <laughs> if you're a father, Christ is your boss. <laughs> and he teaches you to be strong and powerful. And everyone's looking to you to be strong and powerful. Guys, you didn't know that you were leaders? It's on your resume when God created you. Sorry, it came stamped. It's on the back of your neck. You don't see it, but it's there. Leader. That's why you were to lead one out. Hello? Guys don't know that. Next one, scheduling. You know, your schedule should be a reflection of your priorities. And your schedule should be not dictated by pressure, but by priorities. People have amazing schedules today. They said, we're going to spend time with the kids, and we run them to 16 sporting events in a week. And you know how important our scheduling is? This is where the little ones see us. Because, like my dad taught me, boy, you better go to church, or you're going to get the belt. Right? But he didn't go. What do you think my motivation was? Don't go. If my motivation is not to seek God, we're just telling our children, don't do it. If we're a sometimer, they'll become an all the timer. They catch it. But you're scheduling. Being flexible in your schedule. Look at your schedules this week and see how much is it pressure 
but how much is it priorities? Because a lot of our schedules are run by pressure, not priorities. I noticed that. Become technology was supposed to make life easier, has made it harder. And we do everything off pressure. Got to do this, got to do that, do that. Oh, God's in there somewhere in my orbit. Okay, God, you're, this is Wednesday, and God's just sometime on Sunday, twice a month. But I got baseball, I got this, I got that, I got this. I got to work, this is my day off. It's my only day off. And your children saying, yep, yeah, take a note. That's how it works. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to just be flexible in your schedule. Reschedule for the priorities in your life. Is Jesus the priority of your life? Or really the center of your life? Then everything flows out of that. And I'm going to tell you, that's not an easy schedule to keep because we drift into the non-contact with Christ. Very easy. We have to work at keeping our schedules simple. Because people will add to it all the time. Last one, shepherds. This is fathers. It's amazing how he put dads. He didn't say moms. Fathers do not provoke. They don't provoke. They nourish. They discipline, instruct, and encourage. Three things that a parent, main responsibility for a parent, to guide, guard, and govern. I wrote that down, that the father does the nurturing, does the instruction. Now, God so, so, so miraculously created us that husbands and wives are the greatest fit. Because the husband, we call him headlines, and the wife, we call him uh, fine print. Because the guy, your wife asks you, how'd your day go? Fine. You ask your wife, how'd the day go? Two hours later, she's still telling you. There's nothing wrong with that. That's how he hardwired us. Well, when it comes to, with our kids, hey, don't go outside. Okay. Mama comes along, honey, if you go outside, you might get hit by a car. Do you understand? Yes. Okay. Now, you have a guy do that, which is weird sometimes. It's very rare. But most of the time, don't go outside. Or you hurt your leg, right? You know that dynamic. Oh, honey, let me give you a Band-Aid. That's your mom, right? That's it. <laughs> Looks all right to me. Dust it off. Put some dirt on it and run back out. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's the balance how God created each and every one of us. It frustrates some of us, but that's how he created us. Because there would be no conversation if men ruled the world. Hey, how's it going? Nothing. What you doing? Nothing. All right, talk to you tomorrow. What you doing? Nothing. Went outside. Raining outside. Cool, man. Cutting grass? Yeah. <laughs> that was a good time. We had a great time. We had burgers and we talked. We didn't say anything. Why? Because we're law. We think that way. Our wives are the grace. See, law is the curb. When you're raising your children, law is the curb to keep them in. But the grace is the road. 
So when they get too close to the curb, you can put them back on the road. But if you run it by law only, child's going to be upset. If you treat people that way, that you let me down, you disappointed me, I expected more. You're in law, not grace. Happens in the home, happens here. I know I will let you down. You can count on it. I let my wife down. You can count on it. But you know, grace, 24 years, going for another 25 to 50. It's not done by law only. It's by grace. Most of you feel relationships because you got people, get this, get this, get this, get this. Some of you young people get that pressure all the time. And no one gives you the room to run that. Now, my law, when I stepped out of bounds, right, then after you got, got the spanking, I don't know why your parents always say it hurts me more than it helps you, hurts you. I said, God, they're always lying to me. My mom will come get me. And I'm like in the room, you know. And she said, open the door. I'm like, man, it's part two? <laughs> she said, come on. Where are we going? Let's go get some ice cream. You learn, right? Yeah. There's a grace. Let's go get some ice cream. Like, now you know why I did that. Because I love you. You know, that's how God treats us. That's why you can treat your mate, treat your future mate, each other that way. There's a scripture in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 8. And some of us are like this right now. God in his amazing grace. He said, but now, O oh Lord, you are our father. Gotta remember, you're going through something right now? He's your father. Because he's a father to the fatherless. We are the clay. And you are what? The potter. We are the work of your hand. Don't you get, aren't you happy that God does not take this clay and go, I'll start over with another one. That he gives up on us. Say, this ain't work out either. Guess I'll put that to the ground too. Aren't you glad the things we don't see? That he is molding you? Isn't that flexible? And sometimes if we mess up a piece, he just knows how to put it back on. And he makes something like each and every one of you. Fantastic. And so you don't even see yourself the way he sees you because he's a master potter taking care of business. Since my son and my daughter. Oh, they, oh man, okay. Let me redo it. Because I have nothing but time and grace. They know my law. They might have broke it. They're not perfect at it, but man. There's no condemnation because I'm I'm the potter. And I create nothing but great stuff. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm prophesying now. But, you know, when you think this is no good, hmm, he makes it new. And he keeps, he's still doing this. He's still doing this. 
you got to recognize that you're in his hands. He got your way with son and daughter in his hand. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train them up in the way that they should go. Because some of you have been working with your children and they took off. But you forgot the other part of that scripture. When they're old, they won't depart. Then say when they weren't young. But what's in them, like me, when I strayed off, there was something that kept messing with me because I knew the truth from a little child that because I was old, I came back to it. I was 30 years old. I came back to it. Hope I don't feed back. I'm trying this. <laughs> I was old, but I came back to it. And he's still, still, still working. You know, that's why I love about the body of Christ. I'm not the perfect man yet, but you know I got a father who's molding me. And I don't need to come every week and think that I'm condemned because I don't measure up. But I truly measure up because I'm in the potter's hands. He's molding, taking care of things. He never lets me down. He never throws me down. He's always, he's always lifting me up. Your children we're praying for, <laughs> I'm glad they're not in my hands. I'm glad they're in the potter's hands. And he does that. And he makes a masterpiece. He makes it strong. And if it just slips off somewhere, he picks it back up. That branch you talk about connected to the vine, he picks it back up. Some of you have some relationships to fix this week with your parents. Fix them. I don't care how way with you. You got to believe it. You believe that Jesus is Lord and you believe that God is sovereign. You be the one to help them connect back to God because they're in his hands. Thank God they're not in my hands because pretty much I've done this. But our fathers never let them go. It's not a plan that he can't make that he is put away because it's an open plan. If the road changes, <laughs> he creates a new road because he holds you firm and tight. A few years ago, how am I going to make it? Because you're in the potter's hands. Let's all stand.